It's the criminal code of the underworld and a sacred vow of silence. But what happens when a criminal turns witness against his own? MCD presents Omerta, a live show with me, Nicola Talent, in association with Crime World on April 27th in the Olympia Theatre Dublin. Tickets on sale now at ticketmaster.ie. It's not the same as as if you're the accused and you have a whole legal team behind you advising you, directing you. I mean, a witness doesn't have counsel for themselves. Like, they are effectively alone. Yeah, he's pretty much fallen out with uh, everybody. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. State witness Jonathan Dowdall will appear in the Special Criminal Court on Monday. But before he gives evidence, a senior guard from crime and security will tell him that his performance in the box won't necessarily secure him a place on the witness protection programme. In another extraordinary day at the Regency trial, where the monk Jerry Hutch denies murdering David Byrne, the court heard that Dowdall has not yet been accepted on the programme and is still being assessed for his suitability. Sean Galan, senior counsel, told Justices Tara Byrne, Sarah Berkeley, and Gronya Malone that reports from external agencies are required and that it usually takes six months for the process to be completed. Justice Byrne said she did not accept that as she'd worked in trials before where it was done far quicker. So, how will Dowdall feel when he finally swears to tell the truth to the court? Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about witness protection, about a flabbergasted judge and about the much-anticipated arrival of former Sinn Féin councillor Jonathan Dowdall into the witness stand at the high-profile trial. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Jerry Hutch has often been described as a chess player and I can tell you, having watched what happened today in court, I wouldn't be like like to be up against him in a game, which I enjoy, actually. Chess, oh, do you, would you believe yeah, it? Yeah, I, I would believe it. Yeah, my father taught me how to play. I love the game and I'm not too bad at it. But I think um, when you look at the decisions that were made today there in the court so quickly, so what happened was we went in and the state from Sean Galan, senior counsel, told the court that that Dowdall isn't on the witness protection programme. So it's a bit of a gasp at that. Well, I mean, not surprisingly. I mean, it does seem absolutely incredible. It's incredible that he's not on it and that he was due in this week. And basically, so that went on. To, I, I, we'll go back to that. But just to, to bring us on to what happened with Hutch, he uh, did say, though, that he was willing to give and the state were willing to put him in the witness box on Monday. So Hutch was sent off and his legal team to decide how he felt about that because otherwise you were talking about a big long delay well into the new year um, by the time they do or don't sign him up whatever way they decide it. So he went off and came back within 40 minutes and said, yes, we're happy to go ahead. Yeah. But on the basis that Dowdall is told by the judges that his testimony that he gives won't necessarily secure him the place on the programme. No. So, I mean, I think what he's getting at is that there's an implication from from Hutch's defence team that if you know that Jonathan Dowdle may be under pressure to to convict Jerry Hutch in his testimony, or else he wouldn't get on it. Well, exactly. And I mean, obviously, that 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 is that would be a motivation 
for somebody to, to, to be as, as, as definitive as possible, I suppose. But the judges said it wasn't their remit to tell him that. No. That, and, and the judges then ordered that um, somebody from witness protection of a senior level initially asked for the, the detective chief superintendent come in and that they sit in court and tell Dowdall in his presence that this is the case. Yeah. So in actual fact, like, if he's under any illusion yeah. whatsoever and if he's not stressed enough, yeah. before he gives his evidence, he has to stand and be told that whatever you say is going to have no impact on whether or not we decide to put you on the witness protection programme. No, so he's going to, yeah, it's, it's, it's an like extraordinary... Like it was an amazing move by, by Hutch, Hutch and his legal team. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, like, it, it is extraordinary uh, for... for a guard to, to be cross-examined about something like that in an open court. Uh, you've obviously spoken about the last few days about how secretive this whole process has been over for, for the last 20 years and now for somebody, uh, for the guardie to be compelled really to stand up in court and, and, and be cross-examined about it, not just to make an, a statement because... The guard is going to be cross-examined, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sorry, I team? forgot to mention that, but you're dead right. That yeah. was the other part of it that um, Justice Byrne said not only would they have to... Give a statement, like tell, sometimes guards... Tell all exactly what the position is, but they could also be cross-examined. So that actually gives Hutch's legal team a win I don't think they thought they were going to get at all. No. I think that, you know, you have to go into their minds when you're looking at it. Why did they not want to hold off until Dowdall is... Um, signed up signed up or not right and the reasons given is because they want the trial to proceed the court wants the trial to proceed the state wants the trial to proceed because of the limitations of the special criminal court but Hutch doesn't give a damn whether they can fit him in or not you know ultimately but at the same time I think the decision they made is going to be one that Dowdall has to be at the highest okay we'll talk about the threat level he's under but let's talk about his stress levels Absolutely. And as I said before, like, you are really on top of each other. Yeah. I mean, they, like, obviously, Jonathan Dowdle has been to court and been convicted, but to be, he'll be sitting there effectively, uh, although there's a good number of meters, but they are face to face, really, the witness box and, and, and the, the accused. Of course, there's a number of benches in between, mm. but they are in each other's eye line. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a, a pressure moment. And he's breaking the the code, ultimately, of Omerta yeah. when he steps into that witness box so publicly and with all eyes of the nation on him and all eyes of all his enemies. Because when he initially came to the guards and sort of reached out to them for, I hate that phrase, but I can't think of another one to, to yeah. use because didn't the wife make the phone call and then they started secretly going to see the guards and saying that he wanted to make this statement. He told them that he was going to give this evidence whether or not, you know, even if it was in his own defence. So in other words, if he was still standing trial for murder, that he was going to get in and give this evidence. Was he calling their bluff at that point? Because um, he now has to get in and give evidence without the security of being wrapped in the blanket of the Witness Protection Programme, he and his family. Yes, and of course, he he is also done and dusted as far as the criminal justice system is is concerned. I mean, when he first went to Gardaí, he was facing a murder charge, now he's 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 convicted and sentenced, so it, the circumstances are different um, than at the time in which he gave the statement. It's just a fact of life. Yeah. Um, so it'll it'll obviously his statement will be read, but then there each aspect of it will be cross examined, and 
he's a witness, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I presume the state do engage with him before he goes in, but it's not as if he has his own legal representation. I mean, a witness doesn't have no, they don't. a senior counsel for themselves. Like They're they, alone. They are effectively alone. Now, they do interact with the, the, the prosecution, I think, mm. um, but they don't. Uh, it's not the same as as if uh, you're the accused and you have a whole legal team behind mm-hmm. you, advising you, directing you. Uh, it is a good bit different than that, I think. Yeah, most definitely. So let's start with the threat level, shall yeah. we? Because we have to start somewhere. And yeah. there's, there's a lot to this. And it is really, this is really interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, so Dowdall went to police at the in the first instance and told them, he was scared and there's been evidence given that his wife was terrified as well. Now, he's a father of four and his own father, who was um, brought into the whole Regency situation when he went in and collected this key card from the... Yeah, and has also been convicted. He's convicted and serving his sentence. He's due out in a year. But we were told that... So they were... They said to the Gardaí that they felt under threat from the Hutch organisation, from the Kinahan organisation and from the provost, as he called it, which is the umbrella, I suppose, word for all these subversive groups that have already, many of them, been named in court. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty goosed. Yeah, he's pretty much fallen out with uh, everybody. Everybody! And then, of course, even just in, in the general culture of... Of, of maybe, the underworld, yeah. yeah. And, and in Dublin's just inner city in general. I mean... People aren't going to look favourably on him, even if they're not involved. But so, yeah, he, he's he's lined up a lot of enemies, uh, absolutely. And breaking that omerta, as it's called, is the cardinal sin yeah. of the underworld, of gangland, punishable by death. Yeah. And only that. And I mean, you know, I often find it as a concept, I think it's what holds together the criminal underworld. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that if- fear of ever speaking up, even if somebody does something to you or a family member, you still can't. No, no. about them. And also, like, interestingly, it's a huge part of Irish culture as well, historically, uh, even more so than maybe other countries across across Europe, like Ireland had that, although we didn't call it Omerta, mm. but it was a part of Irish culture uh, due to the, 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 the historical situation and the, the, the long struggles for independence. I mean, that, that culture of Omerta was a part of all of those struggles where Jonathan Dowdle is deeply embedded in that culture as well, or mm. at least was at the time. So I just happened to be talking to somebody who would know what they were talking yeah. about. And I was just be picking, nice for a change. <laughs> <laughs> picking their brain about, you know, how high risk, I mean, trying to, to, to scale, yeah. to put him somewhere. And a lot of people would agree this guy, the Dowdall, is probably the highest risk in the history of protected witnesses or witnesses. He has, they're coming at him from all angles, the threats. Yeah, I mean, it is it is it is absolutely... Uh, critical. Absolutely critical. And it's a sort of unforgivable uh, kind of, from, from the perspective of these people. Um, certainly with the, I mean, if you look at the history of the IRA alone, uh, through the troubles, I mean, the, the the people that they killed nearly most were informers mm. uh, within their own community, um, particularly within their own community. Um, and they were treated mercilessly, and there's many examples not to get into them. So from them alone, mm. for Jonathan Dowdle to be giving details, naming names and statements, 
unforgivable. Yeah, and 50 pages of statements. And then you have the reach of the Kinahan cartel, yeah. the, the the financial resources, as we've seen with even, say, the execution of Michael, Michael Barr. You had people being flown over from other countries, you know, incredible money thrown at the situation. And then you have the, the, the Hutch gang who have a personal vendetta when Jonathan Dowdle and Jerry Hutch and his associates are on their deathbed, they would still have that vendetta against one of their own to turn on them in such a way. So absolutely, uh, you know. It, it's, it's baffling, you know, I'm sure himself and his wife, when they sat down, they felt this was the only way out. And, this, uh, you know, yeah, this, that, now, that, there's yeah. no turning back now anyway. There's, there's no turning back. And maybe they felt that at the time there was no life for them. Mm. Uh, there's no returning to normal life no matter how long he did or didn't do in prison. Mm. Now, um, the complexity of this situation with the Witness Protection Programme. So this was quite strange because, uh, I'm just going back to my notes now here from today because there were sort of three parts of today. Um, And the start of it was when Sean Galan came in to the court, having been sort of ordered to do his homework yesterday and to come in yeah. with his proper answer. And he came in and he said that um, that basically Dowdall hasn't been signed up, that yeah. he's still under assessment. He said that um, the assessment to entry onto the programme is ongoing and he could confirm that the assessment to the programme is ongoing and that it was progressing at a pace, which is which is which is kind of maybe the the most amusing line of it. I mean, it, progressing at what at what, what pace, pace and then who's who considers it paceful? Yeah, is, exactly. Because you know, as as the uh, the judge pointed out, that the statement he gave was on the twenty third of September. So I mean, we're a long way from that. Yeah. But he said basically that um, there were reports from external agencies due, they hadn't been completed, and he said. Those were from agencies that the court would be familiar with. We can pretty much assume that they are probably psychology, psychological reports, yeah. which would be done for people to assess people to see if they're suitable to live under the controls of the Witness Protection Programme. Yeah. Now, that's nothing to do with the, somebody's psychological ability as a witness. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the Witness Protection Programme whatsoever. So the Witness Protection Programme is there to keep these witnesses alive and it's part of the duty of care of the state when you have a guy like Dowdall and now his family under this critical threat level. You can't turn away. So the state is kind of goosed in this, I think, as well. Yeah. Because Dowdall's under protection. Dowdall's in prison with his father. Yeah. So the prison authorities have him. Do you know anything about the protection he's under there? I I know there's been some stories in. Yeah, I mean, there's a very... Uh, few num- number of people that would be under that level of protection in a prison. Um, so there are a number of uh, ex guardi for example, that are kept absolutely removed from the prison population that, that uh, Jonathan Dowdle would be housed broadly with them. Um, there's other people historically that have to be kept away in prison, maybe ex-prison guards, but Jonathan Dowdle, in fact, is in uh, in a prison wing with two former guardi, one that's convicted of of uh, sexual offences and the other one of very another very serious offence. So, 
he's he's in there with them, right? Because they and his father and his father, and there are other people in there that you can't really get into. But he's basically uh, these these people will never mix. No, with the, and there's only a few other people that are kept totally separate. From so the they get a little population. bit of exercise at a separate time of day to everybody else. Yes, and they're just that. That is it. They're not going to classes with them. They're yeah. not doing. You know, they're not working in a normal way with them. Um, and, so and are they locked in their cells for longer, do you know? I no, mean, I don't I, think they are. I think they're allowed to uh, interact to a degree with mm. each other, but it's only a handful of people. So what about this business of the food? Like, is he is he is is the food actually some way particularly prepared so nobody can put poison into it? Well, I, I don't actually know that now, but that I did read that and, you know, there we is... We must have read that in a tabloid, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, I, I no. actually, somebody, somebody yeah. how should we say it, close to... A prison source, shall we yeah. say, told me that that was flying around the prisons that yeah. they were going to try and poison I mean, his food. And, and look, it's, I mean, I suppose the, the, inevitably the food is, is served in one place and a lot of prisoners, that's one of the jobs that they really do is working in the kitchens and helping prepare the food. So I suppose it is a possibility. So he's but, not like the Queen that he has somebody to taste I, it. I, I don't think so. You. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, okay. No. Anyway, so, um, so that's where he is. Yeah. And his father's there as well. So in a way, he's somewhat easier to protect. Yeah, I think so. I think I think there's there's very little chance of anybody getting at them in the prison system. At the moment. System. Yeah. But his family, yeah. his wife, four children, are out there somewhere yeah. under protection, but not signed in to witness protection. No. So this is where it gets kind of complex and um, where we've getting quite sort of mixed messages through the courts from what's previously been said about this witness protection programme. Because we can surmise that, I think there was a remark that uh, the delay was nothing to do with Dowdall. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, is is that Dowdall himself or Dowdall as the United, well, as in the whole family? I mean, I think the state was was sort of clear that, that he... Very clear that he wasn't the cause no, of the delay. No, no. Now, I mean... We don't know because it isn't publicly available. Do witnesses have to agree terms and conditions with the state? Do their families have to agree? You know, we'd be just speculating. Um, do you get a say in where you go? Uh, what type of house is, is is made available for you? I mean, I, I don't know if, if, if you know. Um, I'm going to just try and refer to a high court judgment here of Mr. Justice Gilligan which was delivered in 2016, and it was a case, David Mooney versus the Commissioner of Vanguarda Siakona, Ireland, and the Attorney General. He took a case against the state uh, for damages and breach of contract about the Witness Protection Programme. Now, this is complex, so I'm not going to go through the whole lot of it, but it is available, uh, a publicly available document, and it's, it's, it's quite fascinating. But I just saw a little bit in it. Okay. So, number 20, it was submitted on the plaintiff's behalf that fairness was manifestly absent in the present case for the following reasons. The plaintiff was not given any or ample time to consider what has become known as the entry document and to understand its relevance, although a member of Angarda Siakona accepted that he would have been entitled to such time. So, there is an entry document. Yeah, which we, is basically going to be terms and conditions. I, I presume yeah. that you're going there and this is the house we're going to set up for you and... So there's something to sign? Something to sign. Okay. The plaintiff never received any legal advice in relation to the entry document. And I have heard this from, I mentioned it the other day, from Joseph O'Callaghan as well, the witness. Yeah. He did not 
he would say he did not receive any legal advice, any independent legal advice on this. Yeah, okay? because obviously the people that are going into witness protection will be in an unimaginably vulnerable condition. And that the idea would be that they should get an independent legal advice to say, yeah, this is this is good or this is not good. And the other point that's of interest here, and bear in mind that I'm saying this was submitted on the plaintiff's behalf, right? Yeah. It says the Witness Security Programme Review Group, this is the group that have to meet, uh, which the court was told today couldn't meet really until sort of mid-January at the kind of earliest because they need all these reports in. Uh, but that document is is quite a meaty sort of a judgment. It doesn't go in his favour. But nonetheless, the evidence that was at the case kind of dig into that whole entry and exit from the programme, yeah. what documents are available, what it's all about. Um, and definitely in the case of the Dowdalls, clearly their relocation abroad is a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's so well photographed and... Known and, I mean, where yeah. in the name of God in Ireland could you... Nowhere. Nowhere at all. I doubt. But you see, I think the programme, the, the, one of the issues with it is, you raised it there the other day, that people don't necessarily, uh, they're, they're supposed to adhere to the rules of it when they're on the programme. And that means not identifying yourself to anybody, not putting yourself into yeah. a, a position that you're you're in a pub, yeah, half like caught or, one or, night or, saying, do you know who I am? Yeah, you know, Joining Facebook or stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. And actually, there was a one witness, I recall, uh, during a trial relating to Alan Wilson, the hitman, and the witness, I just can't remember his name, he was his kind of uh, friend and sidekick at the time. He was chaotic on the programme yeah. and broke every rule, actually. Yeah. You know, he kept kind of coming up to Dublin and getting drunk and yeah. getting yeah, wasted I mean, and all this. Look, that's it. People don't end up mixing with high-level gangland criminals without being chaotic and risk-taking for the most part. So this, these psychological reports are nothing to do with whether or not Dowdall will be a good witness or not. The people who decide on what class of witness he is will be the judges. Yeah, It's up to them to work out what sort of witness he yeah. is. It's up to the Director of Public Prosecutions to decide that he will be a witness, a yeah. state witness. He has, he has valuable evidence, I suppose, and they'll say he is a worthwhile witness for the prosecution. It's up to witness protection to keep him alive. No matter what type of witness he is. No matter what type of witness he is. And it is, it was up to the original guardie to meet him in the first place. And we kind of don't think they were really that needy of him or wanting of him. No, I mean, it's very unusual because I think in nearly all the other witness protection cases that have come before the state, the witnesses were very, were kind of the the key bit of evidence and that they were... um, the, their, their, their witness statement went to the DPP who then decided to prosecute. But, of course, Jerry Hutch was already facing a murder charge when Jonathan Dowdle became a witness. The guardie then, as we heard, which was really surprising, was that, that he offered to give or at least have a discussion about giving evidence and they weren't getting back to him. His, his solicitor was writing and they still weren't responding. They felt promptly. So... I don't know what that what that says, but obviously the Gardaí sent it file to the DPP initially, thinking they had enough uh, to bring a case against Jerry Hutch in the absence of Jonathan Dowdle at all. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely unusual. Um, but I think as the the trial has gone on, that um, Jonathan Dowdle's testimony has become very important. As a, a and of course that is the state's case as presented in the opening statement mm-hmm. that Jonathan Dowdle is 
a key witness and that he is in a position to verify, you know, to build the full picture um, in order to convict Jerry Hutch. That's that's their claim. Obviously, Jerry Hutch's defence take a totally different position on on the the, the 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 believability or otherwise of Jonathan Dowdle's evidence. So he has become a very important part of the case, ultimately. And like, if you look at it from a basic level, if he's going to give evidence, which he is on Monday, by the way, yeah. not signed up to the Witness Protection Programme, but he will, in the aftermath, be signed up to the Witness Protection Programme. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. We don't know. He's, stage he, fright. He's still going, it, he's still going he's in. Still, or, well, they're not saying he's definitely going in. They're saying he, he might or he mightn't. They haven't really worked that out yet. They're assessing it. But what is the point of having a person who has already given their evidence being on the Witness Protection Programme? Because you're only on it to get you into the witness box. So is this stating that if they're still assessing him, happy for him to give the evidence that they may be using him or hoping to in the future? Well, I mean, I think that that was, uh, that is a possibility, you know. Obviously, um, he's he's given evidence against Jerry Hutch and uh, what he knows about the Regency. Um, but, you know, he may well be called to give evidence and he has referred to other people in his statement and um, people that are not before the courts people mm. that are considered to be part of the Hutch organization um so yeah it could he could be he could become a witness again for other for other cases or his statements could be included in resubmitted files yes. on others who there have been other witnesses that have gone on witness protection and then been brought back at a later date for other other trials, as far as I remember. Many of them are yeah. involved in multiple trials. Yeah. I mean, when we think of Martin Byrne, the state witness who had been previously the security, head of security in the Mansfield, yeah. uh, for Jim Mansfield Sr. And he was the man at the centre of that attack, kidnap, uh, that terrifying incident that happened out in City West. And he went on the state witness programme, was due to give evidence against Desi O'Hare, Wacker Duffy and other people like that, who all pleaded guilty at the last minute. Yeah. So he didn't actually need to give evidence, I think, against five of them. Yeah. And obviously then came Jim Mansfield Jr. Like a good year later or, or even more, a good couple of years later, in which case... We don't know where Martin Byrne was, but he was brought back he in was brought back to give under evidence. heavy protection and gave that evidence again. Yes. I mean, does he have an obligation to give that evidence? I wouldn't imagine well, so, would it? funny, um, if you sign up to the programme, can you just on the day say, actually, sorry, I've forgotten. I don't know. I don't know. What, what was that? No, I don't think... It, well, I don't know if that if that is an agreement. Again, we don't know. Um, but presumably they're being brought into witness protection because they are... Well, we should know some of these things, shouldn't we? I mean, it is the taxpayer that funds this. I yeah. do think there has to be some accountability, that yeah. there has to be some sort of a framework that we are, you know, as a member of the public, that you can know if you are going to fund the cost of this. I mean, can you imagine currently the cost of the Dowdall situation? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal, I'm sure. And I mean, of course, it's, you know, it's not... It's not the, you know, if there's mur, if there's you'd be running and into millions. And how many and years is he going to be in the witness well, protection program before he's finished giving yeah. his evidence? If he's taken in in the first place, you're talking about millions. And I do think that the public deserve some answers as regards how the program is run, what is expected from the witnesses, this kind of thing. Now there is some stuff there if you Google it, but very little. Most yeah. of it written by me. <laughs> well, of course, and I mean, this is the way uh, governments 
are going like, where there has to be more and more accountability. I mean, if even if you look at the the judges are going to be subject to for the first time to an oversight body, uh, ju- which is being set up to judicial council, for example. So, and the Gardaí have over over the last number of years have you know there's the ombudsman has been founded and various other groups. Um, so yeah, there should be oversight. There's nothing to be lost by having oversight for for anything that the state spends money on or or affects people's lives very deeply. Mm-hmm. The reaction of Justice Tara Burns today when she was told that uh, that Dowdall isn't yet admitted was she was quite astounded. I mean, she she didn't hide that. She said she wasn't going to get upset again, right? Um, and sort of you know get irate about it, but she was saying that this was quite an extraordinary situation that the court had found themselves in, that they hadn't been um, told all along along mm. that they were going to be in a position that he was going to be brought in as a witness without clarity on whether he was on or off the programme. Um, she felt that from her previous experience that they'd had quite a bit of time. The state said it take, took an average of six months to sign somebody up onto the programme. She said she did not accept that, that she had worked as um, a prosecutor in a number of cases where it was done far quicker. I think I cited the Mickey McEvitt one. I know she worked on that one um, when all the kind of documents and all around the the, the witness protection agreement were given to the court. Um, she was kind of only short of asking, well, what have you been doing? You yeah. know, um, and obviously those answers aren't coming from this no. secretive crime and security because, but if they're working to a protocol and if they're able to tell us that it takes six months yeah. to sign someone onto this program, there are clearly steps along that way and there are clearly reports that they're waiting for yeah. that are due. Is that for everybody or is that just for Dowdall? Because, you know, as I've cited from the Mooney case, there was no assessment done prior to it. I know from the O'Callaghan case, there was no assessment done prior to it. So how are the this whole, how I mean, is this is whole thing the, operating? Is it is it a bigger financial uh, matters at stake with Jonathan Dowdle in terms of selling homes, or I don't know? Because uh, and because the whole family are coming with yeah, him. Yeah, and because he's he we be expected to replicate the lifestyle he had here to some extent. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it was. It's funny though uh, when you hear the state basically saying we haven't sort of basically we have. We, it's progressing very fast, but we haven't kind of got it done. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is you know, it conspiracy theorists will take one view of it, but anybody who has to get answers out of the state maybe will feel there's a bit of truth in that as well, because the state doesn't rush for any man, even when they have. Uh, Threats on, threats on their head from all angles. Well, there's going to be a detective superintendent in the box on Monday morning to answer some of these questions, to be cross-examined by Grahan uh, and to address Dowdall. And, so, then, and then Dowdall and then will Dowdall begin his, begins And to how long evidence. do you think he'll be in the witness box? I think his evidence, although his statement is 50 pages, I think it'll take a day or two maybe for him to be brought through that, maybe not even two. Yeah. I think the cross-examination is going to be torturous and well, it'll go on and on. I mean, they can't let it go on and on forever, but it, you're well, talking four, four, three, four days? You were five days with Jim Mansfield Jr. Yeah. As far as I can recall, and Martin Byrne, the witness, was exhausted. Yeah. I mean, it's hard going. It is. I mean, I would not envy anybody I don't under cross-examination from 
from a, a senior counsel for If days. you've been a witness in court yourself, you know the stress of it. Yeah. And the cross-examination is horrendous. And by God, you better be telling the truth. Yeah, because they're going to pick, I mean, uh, and this is what all barristers do. I mean, they pick up, you said, you know, mm. 524, but looking at here now, it's 523, I, you yeah, know, like I that know. kind of stuff where, you know, and of course, this is the other reality, like even good witnesses, truthful witnesses don't remember everything correctly, like mm. human beings don't work like that. So, I mean, it's hugely stressful. Uh, it's going to be hugely stressful, of course. And the court is moving to court 17 um, on Monday morning for logistical reasons. Imagine that is to do with the protection of Dowdall, who's going to have to come in the same way as he did before. I mean, the security around the courts has been very heavy as it is, but with this witness coming on Monday morning, I imagine there's going to be a ring of steel around the courts yeah. and it's going to be crowded. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be crowded. Everybody who wanted to come seems to have been waiting for the Dowdles. So maybe I would say to, you know, everybody doesn't have to come on Monday um, because he will be, you know, a good week yeah. in, 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 the, in the box, I imagine. So Yeah, and in fact, maybe the later, the latter bit of it would be the, the most interesting The, the cross-examination could be indeed, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll be there on Monday. Very Hope good. the snow doesn't keep us away. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to get... I'll get snow socks on my car. Can't you get those somewhere? I don't even know what they are, but I'm sure you can. Oh, I've heard of them, yeah. Oh, I've heard for, of them yeah. during the last big freeze and just never got there. Yeah. And the other thing you can do is DIY job, which I've done, is put bags of coal in your boot. Did you know that? Oh, no, that's maybe when I had an automatic car. <laughs> Mightn't be such a good idea now. Yeah, well, you, you need the, to weigh down the back of the car. Stick with the crime podcasts. Don't go yeah. motoring podcasts. Will anymore. I just stick with public yeah. transport? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And try not to career off the road on the way in. Okay, well, look, we'll we'll be back on Monday for sure. There's absolutely no doubt. So um, don't be taking a day off. I won't. I'll be in. I'll or be an in hour in the morning. off or anything like no, that, you know? No. And just keep the coffee going in. <laughs> All right. Okay. So thank you. Thanks, Thank you. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.